Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 31. My name is Damien Ross, and besides being the host of this podcast, I'm also the publisher of a digital nomad magazine called Rootless Living. If you haven't grabbed a free subscription to the Rootless Living magazine, head over to rootlessliving.com after this episode and grab a free digital subscription today. On this episode, I chat with Jess and Greg, the duo behind Drifter Journey, and in this episode, we talk about how they made the pivot to full-time RV life, but also how you can live and travel full-time while only working part-time or seasonal. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right. With that, I'd like to welcome Greg and Jess to the show. How are you guys? Doing well. Excellent. That's awesome. I, we had a little bit of technical difficulty. We figured it out, which is always the fun part of trying to do a podcast on the road. I talk to any of my friends that have podcasts from Sticks and Bricks, and they don't understand how we are able to do it. We're, one, we're hosting it, and one, usually our guests are on the road as well, too. And it has challenges from time to time. So I appreciate you guys both being patient. And here we are talking and hanging out. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> no so, problem. Thanks for the, having us. Yeah. The first thing I like to ask people is, uh, do you consider yourself full-time, part-time, sometime? There's no wrong answer. Just where are you guys in with your journey? Uh, we consider ourselves full-time. So we work half the year. Um, so seasonal work for half the year. And then the other half of the year we're traveling. Uh, but year round, we are in our van every night, basically, unless we're backpacking. So full-time, but working seasonally. Nice. And when did this start? When did you know, when did it start? No, let's go back and tell me a little bit of what your life looked like before you guys got into the van. Uh, we worked at a company called Otterbox in Fort Collins, Colorado together for seven years. And we kind of were starting to feel like we needed a little more freedom and we wanted to travel more. And so um, we started looking at vans and uh, converting a van and it became kind of a tangible tangible solution to having that freedom that we craved. And so um, in May of 2018, we sold our house and moved into the van. We continued working at Otterbox for another six months, um, just living in the van on a friend's farm, which was really neat, uh, for another six months just to save up some money. And we were kind of trying to get a remote position within Otterbox. But when that didn't work out, we ended up quitting our jobs in December of 2018. And we've been kind of full time on the road ever since then. I think it's really great that you guys have figured out a way because I feel like that's the question most people ask, especially if you're in groups is how are you guys earning money on the road? And you guys figured out a way where it's probably a lot more enjoyable. And we'll get into that because I even looked through um, the editor of the magazine and my roommate, Nikki, her first three months on the road, she basically had saved up money and wasn't working. And it's a different experience than when you're working and traveling. Let's get into that a little. What does that look like when you're able to work for six months, save up enough money to then go and just spend time traveling? That experience has to be different. Yeah, I think when we first started, you know, we were hoping to be working full time and traveling and uh, it, that didn't work out. So obviously we had put two years of savings aside and uh, we're like, well, let's just go for it and we'll figure it out. And we got into it and we're, you know, the first eight months or so we were like, we know we want to keep doing this for more than the two years we saved up for. So we got our job. So we're doing the seasonal work. But when we're out on the road and we, we have friends that are working full time, they have to be tied to cell service or in a city where they can have, you know, coffee shop to be able to use high speed internet to do their job. And we've come across, you know, several times over the years where we're like, hey, let's go do this. And they're like, why? Well, I, I can't. And 
so now in hindsight, we're, we're actually really glad it worked out the way it did because we do have the freedom to kind of do what we want whenever we want for half the year. So make the sacrifice for half the year to to go and play for the other half of the year. Yeah, and I, I do see people that obviously, you know, I mean, you bring up a really good point. The other probably most asked question is like, how do you stay connected? How do you do internet? And when that's not something you really have to fight for, it does make the experience better. I have seen people even at um, some of the RV parks and campgrounds I've been at where they have like their satellite little phone system that they can see how good the satellite signal will be and they have to give up some of the most amazing spots because they won't be able to get satellite television and i look at that sometimes and you know i'm not to judge but i'm like wow that would really suck that i couldn't take this lakeside spot because i'm not getting good enough satellite for television to then even remove internet where i could just go where i need to go for a week or two at a time and not worry about internet would be amazing as well too not practical right now but i you know, just hearing you guys, I'm like, it's got to change the experience. Now, is there, is it just you two, uh, pets, kids? No, it's just us. We had a dog um, before we sold our house, but she got old and we put her down. And once, once that happened, we knew that we kind of wanted some, that ultimate freedom of, of no pets and we're not going to have kids. It's not something we've ever wanted so uh yeah it's just the two of us let's get into the van a little because I, I think the term van always has different kind of understanding what size van is this what are some of the amenities that are in it that kind of a thing uh so we have a 2017 ram pro master 2500 the 159 inch wheelbase the high roof right the high yep. roof it is converted. We didn't do the conversion ourselves. We started, but then we realized it was going to take us forever. And so we found someone in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, where we were living at the time, who was willing to do a custom conversion for us at a really reasonable price. And we kind of had this grand vision and he was able to turn it into reality for us. So it's it's pretty awesome. It's our ultimate adventure rig. We've got a little kitchenette up front with a two burner stove and a sink and a little fridge. Um, and then under the bed, we've got slide out trays that go out the back that hold our mountain bikes and basically any gear we could ever want carry at any time some climbing gear fishing hiking backpacking camping the bed does go up and down so that helps us as well when we're in San Diego for the winter and we take some of this gear out we can lower the bed about 10 inches and it gives Greg a lot more headroom because he's 6'2 so it's nice for him to have more space um, in the winter and then the most favorite accessory i think is the tw200 it's a yamaha dual sport motorbike that we carry on the back of the van um, and that just kind of helps us access any areas that the van can't get to so it's our grocery getter it's our high miles per gallon uh, commuter and it also helps us get into the back country a little bit more that's amazing that sounds like a, a ton of fun i mean you did at 6.6 i kind of you know, some of these things, I'm like, dang it, I just wish they were a little taller, a little bigger. But yeah. I can even imagine at 6'2", it's, it's got to be uh, kind of rough too at times. I, you know, I always think about, you know, even me moving to 400 square feet, which is still a lot. I can't believe all those years that I needed all that space that I thought somehow anywhere from 1,500 to 3,000 square feet, depending on, you know, what time of my life you met me or see me that was the house size that I needed all that space have you guys gone through a little bit of that now that you're in this space and looking back to your own life that I can't believe we felt we needed all that space to rent own type of situation yeah so actually our last house we had a uh, custom built so we we met with the 
architect slash what was a design build company and so it was a husband and wife he was the architect and she was the general contractor and we had this our dream home built basically and when we were doing that you know we were like we, we got this land we want to do a two-bedroom two-bath that's all we we're not having kids it's perfect and you, know, you start having these conversations with with builders and of course they're like well you know if you make it a three-bedroom the resale value right it always goes to resale value and so we ended up with a three bedroom, three bathroom house that was, you know, a little over 2000 square feet. It was perfect, but way too big for us. So we built our dream and then quickly realized, you know, this dream's too big. It's a lot to clean. And then now that we've been in the van, I think we get, you know, about a hundred square feet in here. We look back and we're like, that, you know, that was way too big. So we keep saying our future home, if we build again, when we build again, you know, we're thinking 600 to 800 square feet would be more than sufficient uh, we could get what we need and be happy and hopefully it'll be fairly inexpensive and we can still go out and do our you know all our fun stuff because we're not tied to a mortgage uh, so yeah we're just we've we've learned that you don't need nearly as much as everybody thinks you need and you know if you don't have a big family then you don't need much space at all to be honest yeah we'll always live small i think going forward yeah and i think it's it's something i talked about recently was the amount of time that we spend commuting cleaning and like doing yard work it's amazing yeah. how much of our weekly just went into that and when you get outside of you know especially the cleaning i mean a, even even a standard home it takes hours and what's interesting with our lifestyle is that because we're moving there's always somewhat of a cleanup you know whether it's right. a week or two weeks, not maybe not a deep cleaning, but you know, in order to load everything up and leave, we have to do somewhat of a, a cleaning before we bring the slides in. And it's just, it's one of those things I've been like thinking about where it's like, I wish I would have done this at a younger age. I think it would have made me realize that less really is more and that how much time you waste. And it's not until you get out of that space. I also love how your guys is, um, you know, the, the way you're looking at your future life, how it's morphing to, I think a lot of people think when you go full-time that you're just going to do full-time forever. And even I am like, I would love to have a home base, but I still want to be able to get wheels up really quick if I needed to. And um, I think it's interesting to hear that from you guys as well too, you know, especially coming from where you've built this big custom home. Looking back, I think it's just a good conversation for people to hear because I think people hear, I just, I don't think I can give up my home. I think I could do the RVing for a little while, but I think I would go crazy in such a small space. And I think what it does is it just makes you appreciate the bigger space. And no matter what you go back to, it's never going to be nearly the size. Well, I was just going to say, now when we go in people's houses, which is pretty rare, we like don't don't know what to do and don't know how to act. You're like, do I do I leave this one room or, you know, it's just a confusing uh, subject for us now. When you get in a big home, or like I don't, I don't even know how to act anymore. Yeah, when people say the bathroom is down the hall, make a left, make a right, make a left. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what's, a, what's a what's a left in a hallway? That makes no yeah. sense to me anymore. Yeah. I mean, I I did interview one of the guests that talked about how they had a big home and they had like three kids and the kids moved out and they realized one day that they literally hadn't been upstairs. I guess the master bedroom was downstairs for like two or three years. Oh, wow. You know, and that's when it, <laughs> it, it, it like hit them. And I even made the joke that, look, when kids leave, you downsize. That's like the rule. You've got to do that. Yeah. You don't want them coming back. And yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but I, I, I do think once you downsize, you start realizing, and I think it's important. I want people to, to hear it. I'm glad. And I think a lot of people would look at a van and think it's nuts. And I honestly, probably three years ago, I would think living in a van is crazy. But now that I realize where I can't go with my rig, I, I really see it really depends on the lifestyle. I mean, with, with hiking gear and biking gear and stuff like that, it makes sense to really want to be able to get back in there where a 41 foot fifth wheel would never be able to. And it just, it opens up so much more if that's really where you want to be. And uh, I just think people need to hear that there's different options. That's what I love about this lifestyle. Now the seasonal work, what are you guys doing for seasonal work? I think you kind of hinted, but what do you guys do? Yeah, so I work in a ski shop in San Diego. It's uh, one of the last ski shops around. My cousin actually is the owner of it. So through college, I was a ski mechanic. So I had done it, ran a shop in Colorado for about four years, and we grew up in a family of ski mechanics, actually. Both of my cousins were ski mechanics, too. So one of them moved to Southern California, ended up opening a shop, and for years we talked about it. He's like, yeah, come out and work for the winter. And I was like, I don't know. You know, we had higher paying jobs, and he's like, how do I quit a high paying job to go and work, you know, a, a lower paying job? And finally, this just lined up just right with our lifestyle, and I called him up. I said, hey, you want me still? And he goes, absolutely. So last winter was my first winter with him. And it happens to be in a surf shop. It's Hanson Surf Shop in Encinitas, California. And um, so Jess ended up working at the front of the store on the surf side, doing that part-time a couple days a week through the holidays. So that's kind of, I have the, the job to go back to every winter. And then we're hoping, you know, next year they still need her because they get busy for holidays. So it kind of works well. They need the boost in extra people and she's a good worker. So mm-hmm. try and do that. And I lost my train of thought, but no, my that's phone's buzzing. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if it, when you hear the phone buzzing, if that's going into your recording or not. <laughs> it is. Sounds like you had a really great fart. So um, <laughs> <laughs> and then it, not only was it such a good it was such a good fart that you lost your train of thought that's how amazing it was <laughs> uh, let's, we're gonna silence that real quick i don't okay. know how all right we're back <laughs> in business Sorry about that. so where should we pick up on that well i had something to say about the seasonal okay. work actually perfect so i think the interesting paradigm shift with having good jobs before and we were making a decent amount of money versus the seasonal work now is that we've kind of changed how we think about how much money we need to make. It's really more um, managing how much money we spend while traveling and only working as much as we need to cover that rather than feeling like we need to make as much money as possible in a successful and stressful career. And these jobs that we have for seasonal work are pretty low stress. Like, you know, you just show in, show up, you punch in and then you leave. Um, And that is working so we'll probably do that for the next year or two and see if we still like it and then go from there i know but san diego in the winter that's got to be rough (laughs) that sounds terrible (laughs) i know it worked out perfectly actually i was like all right we're living a van and we don't really want to do winter anymore so where can we go oh there's a job waiting for us and a driveway to live in so it's it's not too shabby for for what we could have yeah, and actually, you know, being a Southern California kind of native myself, when I heard, you know, ski shop San Diego, that was kind of like an oxymoron, but I definitely understand it. Just, I had worked at an Oshman Sporting Goods as a kid, and there's 
we had the whole ski repair stuff and it was like three, four months out of the year that this group of people came back to work for us and we're in the back room and just, you know, getting all the rentals ready. And then that was it. They went away and we didn't see them for eight months. I think anytime you figure out something in a different way and someone now is listening to it and being like, wait, that is something we could do. That is possible to where we could work for a little while and then travel and then come back and work and come back and travel. And, and I really want people to be encouraged. There isn't one way to do this. There isn't like a, a perfect way to travel while living or live, you know, with less and be able to move more kind of a thing. There isn't a perfect way. So it's, I've never had anyone on that's seasonal on and then traveling on and then season on traveling on. It's a really cool concept. Mm -hmm. But are you guys looking to be able to stop that? Or at this point, have you guys realized that working while on the road or at least being tethered to a job would would really like damper what you guys are doing? Or are you guys still open for that? I think we're we're always looking for passive income streams. So I mean, we have a blog um, and we are working on our YouTube to get those those income streams possibly going. And that's not to say that we wouldn't take some uh, you know remote part time contract work that that we could make fit into our lifestyle. But I think and Greg, you can let me know what I missed. But I generally think that we are no longer really interested in like a full time remote position just because it would be a little suffocating yeah so our uh, our instagram handle is actually drifter.journey and so we we thought a long time we didn't have one forever and we went to a van meetup and they're like you have to have a, a handle or whatever you can call it and i was like what do you what do you mean why do we need to do that and they're like you know you have to have something that can grow into something and so we thought about it for a night and wrote a bunch of words down and we came up with drifter drifter.journey because we're like, you know, it isn't a van life. It's not van life. It's not, you know, what we're doing. It's, it's a, the big picture for us, which is the journey. Drifter sounded good because Jess actually wouldn't date me in the beginning when I tried to date her. She told me I was a drifter because at the time I was hanging out in a hammock and didn't have a job and was just kind of wandering a little bit. So I was like, well, that fits well. And so for, for us, it's like the big picture of, it's just a journey and it, it changes often on us. Current thought is the next step, hopefully it'll be a few acres and we can kind of do a little homestead and uh, we'd love a hot spring to be on the property, but that, you know, that's, a, that might be a reach, but um, we've talked about, you know, doing wedding venues or, or, or something like that. And it can change, you know, day by day, to be honest. And we could get a, a job offer that's traveling and it happens to be full time and it works great for us. And, you know, maybe we do go through a stage where we make good money again and put a bunch aside, but we really don't know. And I think the, the freedom of being able to just have financial security and get by is what makes this so much less stressful. So it's going to be an adventure and you guys are going to have to follow if you want to see where it goes. <laughs> I love the pitch. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> yeah, and I do think it is important. I mean, I think a lot of people are you know, I, not anti-social media, but they sometimes don't realize what just, it is such a great way to be able to connect with others, especially when you're kind of on the road and, and just seeing other people and how they're doing it. Because we do really learn kind of from each other. We do learn from just our own kind of figuring it out. I bet even 
you know, you guys were almost two years into it, over two years into it, that just even in the last two years, things have changed and you've figured out better ways to do it. And, you know, being able to share that and have people understand it. I have a, a friend that just recently went full time and he was actually here at the same park and when we were walking yesterday and we were talking about how he got to learn so much just from me because he had one friend that did it that he didn't have to make all those mistakes. He's still making mistakes. There's no ends or ways around that, you know. And of course, he bought small. Now he wants to get bigger. Now that he's been inside of a, a bigger rig, he's like, okay, I'd rather do this. And that's just one of those things, which is great. Let's go back really quick to the, the two years kind of savings. Was the plan just to do it two years and not work at all? And, or is it that plan just to do it for a, a period and then stop and then go to a lifestyle? And now you guys have figured on the road that you want to continue it? Yeah, we, when we were doing kind of the, the financial planning behind this whole crazy adventure, um, we decided that we wanted to save up two years worth of travel expenses um, because we weren't sure if it was going to stick, if it was something that we were going to enjoy long term. And we always assumed that we kind of want to go back to having a career and jobs and um, living in a house and having a home base. And uh, like we said, we pretty quickly learned that it was something we wanted to do for a little bit longer, which is why we started doing the seasonal work. But the whole financial planning bit was probably just as much research and um, time that we spent figuring that out as we spent researching what van to buy and the conversion and designing it and all that. It's like Greg said, having the financial security that we have is part of the reason why we do have so much freedom that we can kind of consider a lot of different options um, along our way. Obviously didn't know what uh, the cost would be exactly going into this, but I made a spreadsheet and I put in random numbers that I thought seemed like a good idea. It was like, I don't even, I have to go back and look, but I'd be like, gas is going to be $600 a month and things like that. So that's how we came up with the, how much it was going to cost for two years. And then, so we saved that and actually ended up being fairly accurate on our cost to travel. And after about, I'd say it was about 11 months in, we did a, we did a three month international trip that was like New Zealand, Australia, Bali, Thailand, Singapore, Hawaii. And uh, we're like, all right, we, we spent that cash. And then we got in the van and, and we did a month in Baja and just started cruising around and figured out where our spending was. And I think it was about 11 months in to the, the two year spending spree. And we're like, one, th one thing that got scary was we're just watching the bank account drain, which for us is not, not easy because we're generally fairly frugal. So I was just burning cash is what we were saying. And we're like, all right, well, we don't want to just burn all this cash. And then we're like, we don't want this journey to end after only one more year. So that's when we decided, all right, it's time to get jobs, figure out how we can fund this. Yeah. So that led us to where we are now basically and i did see in the in the pre-notes that you guys are debt free and it's you're just basically running off of cash in and it's not borrowing is that correct yeah so that was another weird piece but so our old job had a financial advisor that they would let us use for free i had another spreadsheet that i made that showed i was 35 going on 35 at the time and I put in a number and then I did a whole compounding interest thing. I wrote it all out. Uh, at 65, I had X amount in each column, which is, you know, based on return on investment. I think I did two, four, six, and 8%. And I thought the 2% number looked good for me. It was like, that. Yeah, we're, we're good to go. We, we don't, you know, we don't need to worry. And we met with this guy and he looks at my spreadsheet and he does the math and he's like, yeah, your math's right. And 
he told me two percent wasn't enough for us to survive on at retirement but he's like realistically you know you can expect probably around six percent compounding and uh and that number is good and he looks he's like so you guys should quit your jobs and you know we had planted the seeds with our parents um about quitting and they all well my parents were like you're crazy uh her parents we thought we're going to be like yeah you go for it like this sounds great but they were kind of even a little hesitant so that kind of scared us and once we met with this guy and and he looked at the numbers and was like no you, you, it makes sense and, and he told us he's like try it you're smart if you don't like it you'll find another job so that kind of gave us the confidence we're like yep we we can do this and i think our family now has come around and they see how happy we are and and they're like yep that was probably a smart decision but to answer the question around being debt free debt free we <laughs> we Back weren't to the subject yeah <laughs> we weren't going to quit our jobs until um, we knew that we felt financially secure and for us that was being debt free as well as having the savings that we had not only the savings for the two years of travel but like greg said um, a significant amount of money to invest for our retirement essentially so um, throughout our time at Otterbox, and we had built up our careers to the point where we were saving a lot. We paid off our student loans. We've always kind of been sticklers about going into further debt. So anytime we would buy a car, we would try to pay in cash or finance very little of it and then pay it off as quickly as possible. Um, we just don't like owing people money and we don't like wasting money on interest payments. So by the time we quit our jobs, the only debt that we had was our mortgage. And you know, at, at that point, we knew we were going to sell our house. And once we sold our house, you know, we basically invested everything that we earned off of the equity of that home. Um, and that plus a little bit of savings is is going into our retirement fund as we speak. So uh, that's kind of our plan for the future. And we're just essentially crossing our fingers that the market works in our favor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been a roller coaster. No, without a doubt. I mean, I think if you look at it on anything like that on the micro level, it can really scare you. But macro wise, you guys will probably do completely fine. But I, but the things I just, yeah. I like hearing and pointing out is there are people listening that have a massive amount of debt and they're probably working really good jobs and making a lot of money. And for most of us, we think making a lot of money means that we have to live a certain lifestyle. So then we're spending a lot of money and it's this vicious kind of cycle that we can't get out of. And once you're debt free, and once you kind of, I think, plan your life around your life, you, you plan your job around your life as opposed to planning your life around your job. And I feel like that, oh wait, did I say the same thing twice? I think I did. I think you got it. <laughs> yeah, okay. That it's interesting, because most people get a job and the job decides what their life is. And what I'm hearing from you guys that I like is here's the life we want. What kind of job do we have to do to be able to have that life. That's really inspiring. And and I know that's a big part of this lifestyle, but I just want to make sure people are hearing that, you know, and I think you guys are doing a good job making sure they do, but you know, think about having, figuring out what you want your life to look like and then look for the job as opposed to like, I'll take any job that pays me $200,000 a year. Cause then I think I'm going to be able to have the life because of that money. And it doesn't always work out that way which is right. yeah well, and with that even if you do get the job that pays two hundred thousand dollars a year don't get the four thousand dollar mortgage to go with that you keep that job for a couple of years and have a you know fifteen hundred dollar mortgage 
and just stack all that cash and then it'll help you get to that spot you want to be much quicker yeah i think in my own personal life there was a time where i was really broke and i was you know living within my means and then i got like a really good job and actually it wasn't the the way i was living that was bad it was just that i was broke that would made me feel terrible and i never should have moved i should have just kept that really high paying job compared to what you know the kind of money i was making when i was broke and still lived in that apartment and still drove that beater car because those things really didn't upset me it was just that i didn't have money to you know go blow and do fun things and but of of course what you do is when you get the new job you got to get the bigger place you got to get the the bigger car and then you know you spend 80 hours a week working to pay for the bigger place the bigger car it's such a weird american dream cycle that somehow i don't know how we all have fallen kind of victim to and some of us are kind of getting out of that cloud but it is cool that you guys were able to you know able to use kind of that corporate kind of dream to now fund this which i like hearing which is really interesting and cool let me i'll get into something different that i've done in a while and i'll put you guys on the spot um i used to do this thing where i would say okay if your old life cost you a hundred dollars a month what does the current life cost you i don't know if you can do that kind of (laughs) number in your head that if you really calculated what your expenses were back with the house and the cars and the commute and the work and all that if that cost a hundred what does your life now cost What's the different kind of in percentage? That's kind of it's kind of a tough one. Well, I, I don't necessarily no. No, you feel I would good say about it? like thirty dollars is what our <laughs> because when we looked at our costs in a home, most of the reason why we decided to live in a van was because we realized we were throwing so much money away just mm-hmm. living in a house, right? So you have your mortgage, your insurance, your property taxes, your bills and utilities, and then of course the maintenance and all of the things that you need just to like have that home. And I would say when we looked at our monthly expenses, that was probably half to two thirds of the money that we would spend every month. Whereas without all of that, it's, I mean, now we are just bare bones. We're down to groceries, gas, health insurance, cell phone, like those are the things that we pay for now. And it, yeah, I would say if our old life costs us $100 a month, then this life costs us 30 to $50 a month. Yeah, and what, yeah, and what you're saying too is interesting. And I don't think people hear all the time is that some of the things you mentioned with the new life, those are variables you can really control. If money gets tight, you can control kind of the food you buy and how much gas you buy. In a, in, a brick, in a bricks and sticks, if money, you can't like say, hey, you know what? This is how much I'm going to pay on my mortgage this month. <laughs> this is how much I'm paying on my electric bill. I'm going to, yeah, I know it says it's a hundreds due. I'm only going to pay 30. I hope that's okay. You can't do that. And I think even in my own life, in and around trying to navigate like what was going on with COVID, if I was back home in bricks and sticks, it would have been a much different kind of navigation than in this lifestyle. I don't think people see or hear that I, I i haven't done it in a while just because it kind of throws people i appreciate you taking on the task i'm probably right in the same scenario as you guys are you know my yeah. old hundred is now like a 30 and um but then you know i feel like my old life took maybe a a hundred percent of my life to be able to yep. make that hundred and now i feel like it takes maybe 60 percent of my life to make the 30 which is really weird so everything's changing yeah. which is great exactly so one of the things I like to get into too is uh, it's the high lows. I used to do it with uh, my kids all the time just so they can see that people are dealing with a lot of the same stuff. I think there is this misconception that uh, when you get into full-time, any kind of life, RV, van, whatever it is that you're doing, that 
you don't have some of the same problems or there's nothing that ever goes wrong, especially if you just look at people's Instagrams. I know we talked about that. It's always <laughs> yeah. the highs. No one's really posting, you know, besides, okay. So besides a flat tire, because I feel like that one comes a lot. What's been a low in the lifestyle that maybe you didn't expect that either, you know, you're living currently or you've been able to hit that low and push through. Oh, we have a current low that's happening this week. Our heater decided to stop working and it's <laughs> in the mid twenties at night the last few days. That's, that's a current one. It's not that bad though. But. Well, I mean, it's a low because I think people don't realize how logistically difficult it is to work on projects and fix things when you live in a van. Um, you know, we kind of were selective about the tools and supplies that we put in here. And a lot of the stuff that we have, well, not a lot, but some of the st stuff that we have requires some specialty tools. And then, you know, we may have to order some replacement parts. So then we have to deal with the logistics of where we have those replacement parts mailed to. Um, so yeah, there are complications that can be very frustrating and bring us down. Um, that is, yeah, our, our current struggle. <laughs> and I think that's what's interesting about this lifestyle. When I ask someone that doesn't live full-time, like what's a low, it's normally something mental or physical. And I think a lot of times in our lifestyle, it's more the the tools that we use to live the lifestyle, them going wrong. That, even to the point where I have to like say, okay, no more flat tires because everyone, oh, we had a yeah. blowout. We had a flat tire. Everyone kind of maybe has experienced that. Um, mm -hmm. And it's interesting. And a lot of times too, that's funny. The lows will have like a funny story to it or like a real first world problem that they're almost embarrassed, you know, to talk <laughs> about. And I always like, that, that's like, kind of the fun of it too like let's talk about that you know oh man I just I was you know in hanging out in the keys and I couldn't get internet and <laughs> you know, it was awful kind of a thing yeah right yeah all right let's get into the highs this is one where I actually you know um sometimes it's hard for people because there's a lot so if you have a moment where you guys both just sat there and said I can't believe this is our life what's one of those that comes to memory long pause for dramatic effect i just i just edited that out so now notice what you're talking about just kidding yeah right <laughs> <laughs> there's just so many positives and highs that we have all the time i'm trying to think of like one that stands out in particular um but i i think since we've been in it for the two years our our three-month trip that was international which actually wasn't including you know we left the van behind um is probably one of the biggest highs because we never thought we'd be able to just stop and be like, we're going to go over and, and see a different part of the world that we never thought we would be able to do. And here we are spending several months just traveling. I'm super grateful for that opportunity. None of it would have happened without the van. So I think that that's the biggest thing that stands out to me. I mean, I, I can like pinpoint moments in time where I've stood there and I've thought, I can't believe this is my life. Like this is real. One of them being when we were scuba diving in Bali and we had a chance to see the manta rays. Another point being when we were, <clears throat> excuse me, hiking in uh, New Zealand and, you know, it was like the first experience I'd had seeing this massive glacier in um, Mount Cook National Park. Uh, you know, similar experiences traveling here in the United States, seeing things in Canada that I never thought I'd see and in Utah that I never thought I'd see. And it's just amazing when you open yourself up to experiences like that and, and take a chance. You know, we have these moments that just feel utterly surreal. Like, 
when we started out on this journey, I never expected to have those moments of like just speechless awe of, you know, these, there's places in the world that exist and, uh, you know, we are, we are taking this opportunity to explore them. Yeah. And I want to add one more piece. It's like, literally I'm looking out the window right now at the Sawtooth Mountains. And I don't know if you've ever been out in the Sawtooth in Idaho, but they're just like these crazy jagged peaks. And I'm staring out the window watching this snowstorm work its way in to come get us right now, but it's just beautiful. And I'm like, it's a high right now to be able to, to have this. It's funny too, that I wonder if we're at a disadvantage in a way, this will sound like such a first world problem that <laughs> in my old life, I remember my vacations or these micro moments where, you know, something was different. And I feel like for me, there's been times where I've been at a place that I think I, that's where I would have picked for a vacation and I'm there and it doesn't have that vacation high to it because it's it's not this extreme peak compared to my current life i think for a lot of us too it's just something i've been thinking about recently a lot of us can start thinking that maybe the life is fading and what that we don't realize is that these amazing moments aren't spread out over i mean some people i mean it's years between vacations like really going somewhere outside of where they live every day and having that breathtaking view or that moment and as you're doing it full time, a lot of those can just be on top of each other and they don't stand out as much. And it's, that's what's really funny about photos or social media or anything like that is when you start scrolling back through, it, it really blows you kind of away, all the things you've been able to do. One of my lows right now is I have a squirrel that's on my roof. That's like, oh, no. that's, I don't know, hiding nuts i think right now so if it sounds like i'm making popcorn i'm not i got a squirrel that's having some fun on the roof well let's get into where people can find you i know you uh you did a smooth sales pitch there greg but let's go ahead and do a like a straight up infomercial we don't have to even try to be uh coy with it where can people find you guys and you know i mean because i think there are people that that the lifestyle you're expressing is exactly what they want to do they don't know how to get started where can they find you and just see how you guys are doing it? Maybe even DM you guys and ask you questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're drifter.journey on Instagram. We have a YouTube channel that's Drifter Journey. And then our website is drifterjourney.com. And um, the easiest way to get a hold of us is definitely through Instagram. We're on there daily uh, connecting with people. And our mission is honestly to inspire other people to live an alternative lifestyle and to follow their dreams. It doesn't necessarily have to be like building out a van, but we're always happy to help uh, answer questions with that. Um, we just want people to see that there's, there are ways to make your dreams turn into reality, um, no matter what they are, whether that's just traveling more or if that's, you know, working less, um, helping figure out money management to make that happen. So um, that's kind of what we always say is like, reach out to us if you have, if you have questions. Um, and then on YouTube, we're trying to make a lot more like how-to videos um, to help people understand how we live in our van. Uh, we're also doing like weekly vlogs to show some of our adventures and help people see places that they can go in a van and things like that. So um, did I miss anything, Greg? No, but yeah, one thing with the YouTube, like it's a perfect example right now of you can you can do anything you want because we have no skills whatsoever when it comes to filming and editing and all that and the videos are not currently great 
but please go subscribe <laughs> and help us get them there. Uh, but you'll be able to see the growth. Like we're just taking baby steps on it. And even someone the other day specifically called out, it's like, just, just keep doing it. Cause if you don't, you're never going to, you're never going to turn it into what you want it to. So yeah. we're going to keep putting videos out there. Progress over people like them. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like when you guys started out, you weren't making videos. You lived the life for a little while. And now that you've kind of got a right. comfort zone for it, you're making videos, which I really think is a good idea. I mean, I kind of preach it to people. Don't, don't buy a camera and an RV and think, you know, just because you have a camera and an RV and you hit the road, mm -hmm. that somehow your story is going to be interesting. If your story is not interesting in a bricks and sticks, it doesn't necessarily mean it'll be interesting with a van and so mm -hmm. but what people are able to do is once they get kind of the feel for the lifestyle now they're able to share kind of their experiences as the core you know kind of idea of it it really works and you're right if you don't give up if you stick with it and just keep doing it even if it's just for you to you know sitting in your retirement home on your rockers and you're watching your old videos you know right. even if that's <laughs> all it is you know at the end of the day for me if all it is is just my grandkids that I don't have yet someday are watching grandpa I'd love to watch my grandparents you yeah. know do this stuff I would kill for that it'd be so cool that if you stick to it you'll, you'll do well and I'll link all that down below so you don't have to write it down or remember it it'll be in the show notes descriptions and you can definitely reach out and follow them and go check out their videos and tell them how crappy they are and that <laughs> within a couple of years they'll be amazing no I'm kidding right. they're probably, they're probably exactly. awesome you guys sound like you might be a little a little too hard on yourself so but uh, you haven't you haven't watched yet <laughs> yeah no doubt no doubt I will you know actually I'll probably do that right after here and then I'll leave you a comment for you guys I'll tell you what you like right. <laughs> well thank you both so much for uh, coming on the show sorry about the technical difficulties it is one of the fun aspects of trying to do the show on the road but you guys are a ton of fun and I really appreciate your time of course yeah, thank you for thanks again us. for having us yeah this was fun awesome take care well, another fun episode, and hopefully this helped anyone thinking about pivoting to a new way of living, that there are hundreds of ways to live this lifestyle. You just have to find one that works for you. If you want to learn more about Jess and Greg, head over to Instagram and search at drifter.journey or over on YouTube and just search Drifter Journey. Before you hit stop, please take a second and give this podcast a review. And if you could share it with your friends and family, like I've said before, it's a really big help in getting the word out about this podcast. And like always, if you think you know someone that would make a good guest or that guest might even be you, please send us an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com. And let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.